Welcome to Becoming Limitless. This is the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to optimize their brain and their body with biohacking. I'm going to teach you how to eliminate brain fog and upgrade your health so you can have more productivity, energy, and growth in your business. I'm your host, Tanessa Shears. Let's jump in. Welcome back to the Becoming Limitless podcast. I'm excited to have you here. I've got a great episode for you today. Things are going so well over at our home. We just put up our holiday Christmas tree last weekend, and it was so fun because my daughter, she's almost three right now, Hannah, and she is so into Christmas. She's like, it's Hannah's Christmas. Santa's coming soon. And like everything has to be Christmas music and Santa and the tree. Oh my gosh. She just stands on this tiny little step stool in front of the Christmas tree and redecorates it over and over, takes all the decorations off, puts them back on. It is absolutely adorable. I love watching. Kids have made Christmas so much more magical again. I am so thankful for that. But we are talking today about Fitbit versus the Aura Ring, which is the best wearable tech for you? I get this question on Instagram probably at least once or twice a week. You know, I'm checking out a Fitbit. What do you think of it? What do you think of the Aura Ring? Um, What's best for sleep? What do you think about the Apple Watch? I get questions like this all the time. So I thought I would just do an episode where I summarize all of my thoughts on these different devices. And why do I always recommend that we have a way of tracking our sleep? I, I think it is essential. It is the equivalent of like, can you imagine if you went to the mall and grocery shopping and you went throughout your week and your month and you were just swiping your credit card, and but you had no way at the end of the month to access your online banking. So you have no idea how close you are to your credit card limit, how much room you have to spend. Should you start budgeting? Are you over budgeting? You have no clue. If you can't access your online banking, you wouldn't know how much money you had in the bank, right? Well, I think that wearing a sleep tracker, whether it be an Aura Ring or a Fitbit, is like online banking for your brain because when you wake up in the morning, your brain just doesn't print out a reading and being like, you know what? Great job. You got enough sleep, but your deep sleep was a little lacking. Like we don't have that, right? So we are just taking guesses on what to improve if we don't actually have the data to make those assessments off of. So that is why I am a huge advocate. It is one of the cheapest investments you can make in the health of your brain. I love having this data with my clients. So I am going to be giving you the rundown on exactly what I use, how I've used it, how I've used it with clients, and what I would choose for someone who is getting into health optimization, doesn't know where to start, doesn't know what to get, your answer, you're gonna have a clear answer by that by the end of this episode. So the two devices that we're gonna be putting in the face-off today are the Fitbit Lux, which is a device that's been out probably about a year now, um, and it has been an upgrade to the basic Fitbit model, which you may have heard me talk about in old episodes, which was the Fitbit Inspire Heart Rate 2 that I had. Um, I'm now using the Fitbit Lux, and I am also using the Aura Ring. I have had a Generation 2, and now I have a Generation 3, which is the up-to-date current model. So these opinions are based on not only my experience using both of these devices for over two years, but I have coached and consulted with clients that have had both devices as well. So I'm going to be giving you a very well-rounded perspective of the features that are important, the ones that aren't, the ones that we use very often, the ones that are are just overcomplicating everything, because one of the problems that we can run into is just having way too much data. So we have to look, first of all, at understanding why you want this device. What are you looking to do with it? Because in all honesty, if you're just going to look at it and be like, oh, I took 4,000 steps today, cool, and do nothing with the information, I can tell you you're best off honestly just saving your money and not getting one of these devices. These devices are meant to be used as feedback to be proactive with. So meaning like, hey, I saw I only got 4,000 steps. My goal was 5,000. What am I going to do to make sure I hit 5,000 more often? Am I going to, you know, make sure I get up at my desk between client calls? Am I going to do an extra load of laundry every day? Because honestly, that's one of my best tips for getting more steps. Just do more laundry. Um, But this is really how I want you to look at using these devices is how am I going to use them to better optimize my life, right? So what I've done is I have divided 
all of the different ways you could use the Aura and the Fitbit into two, into six different categories. And I'm going to give you the pros and the cons of each device in each of the six categories. I'm going to select a winner for each category. And then at the end, I'm going to come through and be like, hey, here's the summary of what I think. And here's what I recommend you should get, whether you are an experienced biohacker or whether you are brand new to the wearable tracker scene. So the first category up in our head-to-head -head battle between Fitbit and Oura Ring is going to be on sleep data. Now, I have definitely have some opinion changes that have happened since I, you know, last started wearing them and they were in their early stages. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through them one at a time. So let's start with the Aura Ring. And by the way, if you have no idea what an Aura Ring is, I'm saying the word Aura, O-U-R-A, give it a really quick Google and you will see that it is basically a ring that has many of the smart tracking functions that a lot of the wearable trackers that we wear on our wrists do, right? So when I talk about an Aura Ring, it's, it's a little a ring that's tracking everything versus the Fitbit, which goes on your wrist. I think I should say that. I, I mean, it feels like it's obvious for me, but I'm also in this world all the time. So with the Aura Ring, here is what the data provides as far as the Aura Ring. You get a sleep cycle graph, which is called a hypnogram, meaning you get a graph of what sleep stages you were in at what time. You get a breakdown of the time that you spent in each sleep cycle in its phase, the total time you were asleep. You get a sleep score. You get a details on your sleep start and end time. You get your average and lowest sleeping heart rates. Um, you also get to see a graph of what your sleep heart rate did over the night, which I think is pretty cool. You can see your sleep efficiency. So basically you're looking at, you know, how much of the time that you were in bed, were you actually sleeping? Um, you are getting a score that is giving you a restfulness indicator, meaning like how much were you tossing and turning? And it also does that. It gives you a movement graph and shows you every time you rolled over or if you were really active in your sleep. Um, or as unique in that it gives you the sleep latency. So it tells you how long it took you to fall asleep, right? And all of these are going into your sleep score. They're all contributing to it. Um, you get a timing score, which is actually pretty cool because we know that in order to optimize your circadian rhythm, you wanna be going to sleep and waking up at approximately the same time, give or take, you know, 30, 45 minutes. So Aura actually does look at those times and factors that into your sleep score. And it also provides a a bedtime target based on your previous night's sleep and your general habits and routines. And it gives you a bedtime window of an hour to 45 minutes, which I also like. It makes it really clear on if I want to get my best sleep, I should probably be in bed by this time, right? Uh, like I said, you get a heart rate graph that shows what happened during the night because the faster your heart rate can drop during the night, the more time you spend in recovery. So it gives you tips and tricks on how to read and analyze that data, which is kind of cool. And it also tracks your naps and adjusts your sleep and readiness score. So if you, you know have an afternoon nap of like 30 minutes, it'll say, great, we're gonna tack that onto your total sleep time. We're also gonna bump up your sleep score and we're gonna bump up your readiness score. So those are really cool to be able to see on hand. And I will say, I used to really dislike the Aura sleep tracking. I know, shocker, right? This is opposite of what you hear everyone talking about. But um, they have recently, and I mean super recently, as in the last two weeks, have updated the sleep algorithm. And I finally find that it's not absolutely awful. And here's why I say that. The average person spends between 15 to 20% of their night in deep sleep, deep restorative sleep that helps us physically and mentally recover, right? Well, whenever I'd wake up in the morning and look at my aura ring graph, it tells me I get 50% of my night, 45% of my night, four hours of my night spent in deep sleep, which I mean, I don't think that I have this superhuman ability for deep sleep. I literally just think that Aura is not correctly reading my body stats because those are just ridiculous numbers. So I have never actually taken Aura Ring very seriously on my sleep for that reason. My sleep scores always felt very overinflated and that really bugged me because I was like, well, how am I supposed to know how I'm actually doing if I don't trust the data coming out of it? I mean, who gets 50% deep sleep? Like, that's just silly. So 
for the longest time, I didn't love it, but they have done a recent algorithm update and now it is reading my deep sleep more in the 30, 35% range. Although I still feel it is really high, at least it is not crazy anymore. So they have released data that said that their accuracy of the sleep data on here is on par with a polysomnography, which is a sleep study. So, I mean, given that they are honestly just basing what stage of sleep you are in with movement and heart rate, right? Because when you are dreaming, your heart rate on average goes up by about five beats per minute, right? And when you are in light sleep, there's likely going to be more movement. And when you are in deep sleep, there is a very low heart rate and low movement. So it takes those two factors, puts it into the algorithm and spits out what phase sleep it thinks you're in. Now, Having also said that, one of the things that I find is a detriment to Aura Ring is yes, it's got a ton of information, but it also misses a lot of wake-ups. Like I will have wake-ups during the night where it's not literally just I woke up and was aware. I'm talking like I got out of bed and picked up my baby and it did not read that I was waking up at night. So then I look at my time awake and I'm like, I don't know how accurate this is either, right? So that is the bit of the beef that I have with Aura. It has so many features and variables. And I love that it tells you how long it takes you to fall asleep. But I mean, if I can't 100% trust the data, I don't know that it's 100% what I'd want to be doing with clients. And for this reason, because so much of my work is in sleep, I mean, I'm constantly flip-flopping. But right now I have moved back towards the Fitbit Lux with my clients because I find the sleep data is so much more accurate. So if we're going to talk about Fitbit, what it does give you for information, it gives you a sleep cycle graph, so the hypnogram, same as the aura ring. It tells you how much time you have spent in each sleep cycle or phase, so how much REM sleep, deep sleep, all of that. It tells you how much time you spend to sleep. It tells you your sleep score. It tells you your sleep start and end times, and it tells you your average sleeping heart rate. It doesn't tell you your lowest or give you a graph. Like It does give you a graph, but it's it's not a graph that's very readable, let's be honest. So the stats on here are a lot more minimal, but the ones they do give are the ones that you need to know. Fitbit also does track naps, but I find that it is not as sensitive as tracking naps, meaning that um, I usually find the nap has to be pretty significant, like 45 minutes or more for uh, Fitbit to pick it up, and it does not factor it in to your nighttime score at all in terms of your sleep score. So once I am now looking at... Fitbit versus Aura, when it comes to sleep data, I would say that in my opinion, Fitbit wins, even though I know there's going to be a lot of Aura Ring lovers out there that are like, no, this is the best. But I mean, if it's not picking up wake-ups and it's way overestimating my sleep score, uh, my sleep, how accurate actually could it be relative to, I find the Fitbit never misses those ones um, that I wake up for. And I always check back and I cross-reference and I'm like, yep, I remember that wake up. I remember that wake up. It tracks... Um, it's just better in general. The other thing I find that the Aura Ring does is sometimes when I'm reading at night, and a lot of my clients have said this, if they're reading or watching TV, the Aura Ring will just assume they went to sleep. And so what that does is when we're looking at the data, it messes up the sleep chart data because if it's if I'm in my bed reading at 8.05 and I don't go to sleep until 9, but it tracks an extra 55 minutes sleep, it's now overestimating sleep. So, I mean, I probably could say this a hundred different ways, but for most people and based on my personal opinion with accuracy, although Aura provides way more data, it's just not accurate enough for me. And it overestimates deep sleep, might be overestimating sleep, thinks I'm falling asleep when I'm not. Fitbit is going to be the winner in the category when it comes to sleep data and what I prefer to use with my clients when it comes to accuracy of tracking. It doesn't have the bells and whistles, but it has what you need. So the next category up is actually going to be body stress or like readiness. So it's taking a, a glimpse into how prepared your body is for the day, what the stress is like, is your body in fight or flight, all of that kind of good stuff. So Let's start with Aura. So Aura has a ton of bells and whistles when it comes to the body stress. I honestly think this is what Aura really excels at uh, in this particular, is this particular category of looking at your body and stress. So here are some of the things that you can get from Aura. You can get your sleeping body temperature. You can get your body's stress score, which is a nighttime heart rate variability or HRV. So this is basically a measurement of how in, in 
in fight or flight your body is. So when you have a lower heart rate variability or an HRV score, your body is more in fight or flight. Higher scores mean your body is less in fight or flight and more in relax, rest, and digest. So in general, lower scores indicate someone is more stressed out, either mentally, psychologically, physically. There are so many different ways your body can experience stress, but Um, It gives you a nighttime HRV score. It shows a nightly HRV graph, which is actually pretty cool. And sometimes you can correlate it with like when you had a bad dream or you had to wake up in the middle of the night and you can watch your HRV throughout the night and also see when it peaks, right? Because the average number is different than the peak. So sometimes I'll have an average of 75 and a peak of 120. So it's kind of cool to see and you can tell when you're generally under more stress is if your peaks aren't as high or your averages are lower. So it's a very cool uh, device and what it provides with that. It also gives you sleeping respiration rates, so what your breaths per minute are as you sleep. And if you are under stress or your body's recovering, that's gonna be higher, right? You want low, slow breathing while you sleep. It gives you a stress balance score over the previous two weeks. So it compares your HRV, your body's stress score, to what it's been over the last couple weeks. And it's like, are we trending well? Are we not recovering properly? It gives you a ton of great information on that. It gives you a recovery index score. Um, It gives you like a readiness score. So at the end of the day or at the beginning of every morning, it says, okay, your body's recovery was good last night. You're ready to go. You have a high readiness for the day, right? And it incorporates your sleep data and your activity levels when it's doing that scoring, right? So that's the other cool thing about Aura is it doesn't just look at one factor in isolation. So when you're looking at your readiness, it incorporates how well you slept and how active you are. So instead of just looking at one thing and giving you a score that way. So it gives you, like I said, that daily readiness score. It gives you daytime heart rate readings and daytime heart rate graphs. And the cool thing is, is it takes this information and gives you how much daily restorative time you are getting in minutes. So how it measures that is when your heart rate drops, but your hands stay very warm, it calls that restorative time. And I usually find that registers for me when I'm either like reading or sitting on the couch watching, cuddle up watching a movie, anything where you're actually feeling really calm, it counsels as restorative minutes. So for someone that is working on mitigating stress and staying really level-headed and managing their emotions and stuff like that, this is a really good graph because I always set a target of trying to get between 15 and 30 minutes of restorative time per day. And I can tell that when I'm not feeling very calm, I usually just haven't had enough restorative time in the last couple days. So it's a really nice check-in for that. Um, Aura has also just upgraded their app and their device so that it can do um, breathing regularity and oxygen sensing. So it can tell you if your oxygen levels are dipping at night or if you are getting uh, breathing irregularity, which may just be a red flag for you to go and check that if you're getting those drops or you have low oxygen levels during the night, maybe your mouth breathing, or maybe you're struggling with sleep apnea, or you're snoring, or you have allergies. So there are so many different things that this can give you as a flag to look into. Now, when it comes to body stress and Fitbit, they have definitely stepped up in the last couple of years. They have a lot more variables that they now measure, which is great. However, it is still in very limited information phases. So what it does give you is it gives you a body stress score. So you wake up and it gives you like a, like a a rating from one to 100, 100 being really low stress, one being very high stress. It gives you a rating in there. Um, not really sure what you're supposed to do with that, the number, but what it does give you is the opportunity to indicate like, I'm feeling calm right now. I'm feeling neutral. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling happy. Like it gives you different places to enter how you're feeling in the moment so that you can kind of correlate it with the rest of your data, which I guess is kind of cool. Uh, it gives you a daytime resting heart rate graph, um, and daytime heart rate reading. So you can kind of see what your heart rate is when you look down at your watch. Fitbit also gives you a daily readiness score, but it requires you to pay for the premium to access it. So a lot of these features that I'm going to be talking about here are on the free version of Fitbit. So I have not personally um, turned on my free subscription yet with Fitbit, but it does allow you to see daily readiness scores. Now, I will say that having to pay for that, like it's pretty much useless aside from seeing your heart rate variability. And they have included this new tile on the home screen called health 
metrics. So this is incorporating more of the aura style data. So you get to see, for example, your breathing rate, uh, aura now lets you see heart rate variability with most of their models. Specifically, we're talking about the Fitbit Lux right now. It allows you to see skin temperature. It allows you to see oxygen saturation levels and like when those are out of range. So for example, if your body's not delivering oxygen very well, it lets you see resting heart rate data. But the problem I have with this is it only lets you see it for the last seven days, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. You cannot scroll back and get data if you if you aren't writing it down and have or you're not like tracking it of some way you have no idea how to look at your HRV over time because HRV and a lot of these stress scores they're only useful when compared to a two to three month running average but if you can only see the last seven days this is not very good information so you pretty much have to manually write it down because Fitbit doesn't even actually let you export your um, any of these data, your skin temperature, HRV, oxygen saturation, it is like locked on the device and within the app because you can export so much of the data on Fitbit, but they just haven't updated the software yet for you to be able to do that. So it's pretty much useless unless you're going to go to the effort of writing it down alongside all your notes all the time. So it's useful, but not really that useful. And like I said, a lot of these need to be looked at as trends over time, not isolated in a week. So it's useful if you track it, but otherwise it's kind of just interesting. So in the category of body stress, my choice, my vote goes to Aura Ring. So right now you're kind of seeing like, hey, if I'm looking for one of these devices and I want to get it for sleep data, maybe you want to get the Fitbit. But if you're like, I really want to tune in to proper grafting and graphing and looking at restorative time and HRV properly and trending and how it's comparing to my averages, you're going to want to go with the Aura Ring. But who knows? In a couple of years from now, Fitbit might step up their game a little bit more and they might uh, fill in some of the holes that I've identified when working um, with this device with clients. So the next category we're going to go head to head in is as a step counter. So these both have the ability to count daily steps, which is really handy. Um, Aura, again, in their graphing, capabilities, looking at trends, comparing different components of the, the features on the rings is fantastic. So it gives you weekly or monthly or yearly step crowns. It gives you bar graphs. You can look at trends. Oh gosh, it's wonderful that way. Weekly step count averages. And it also shows the estimated uh, difference that you've traveled. Um, on the Fitbit side of things, Fitbit was actually designed to be a step counter, right? And it also counts your daily steps. You can look at bar graphs and all of that kind of stuff. Like it really does go head to head and on level with the Aura Ring and shows you distances and steps traveled and stuff like that. But with the step counter, if you're looking for it for a step counter, there is a massive difference between the two and Fitbit by and large wins over Aura. Aura grossly overestimates the number of steps taken and distances traveled. Because remember, Aura is on your finger, right? And it counts every subtle finger movement as a step. And I find it exceptionally unreliable. So like, let's say I had a day where I have 7,000 steps on my Fitbit. It'll be like 10,000 on my Aura ring. And I don't, I, it's just not... It doesn't, I just feel like it doesn't do that good of a job. And if the algorithm at all is taking in steps per day as part of what contributes to calories burned or distance walked, then it's all going to be inaccurate because every time you move your finger, it's counting it as a step, right? So I have decided by and large, if you're looking for a step counter, don't, e don't even look at the Aura Ring data, just go right over to Fitbit. The fourth category we're going to talk about is going to be activity and exercise. So how do these devices compare? So if we're talking about Aura Ring, it's just good to know off the bat that while they are trying, Aura is not designed as a workout tracker. They have made a lot of improvements over the last year to help them uh, gain a bit of foothold in the whole activity and exercise category. Like what they have recently done is um, the ring can now auto detect certain workouts. So it can detect 
um, walking, it can detect running. I think there might be one other one, but in general, it has those auto detection features on there. It also has the ability to now have active live working heart rates. And what that means is like you can go into your device, hit record heart rate, but it only works if you're doing outdoor, indoor running, outdoor, indoor walking, outdoor, indoor cycling at the current moment. So I'm recording this, like I said, December, 2022. Um, is that really helpful? Maybe um, it's, it's, it's a step forward, right? Um, but in general, like I find it's not the best workout tracker in the world because it is so bulky. A ring, I find it takes up a lot of space. They have not come out with a very thin design at this point. So I do find I have to take it off during most of my workouts. If I'm going for a walk, of course, I'll leave it on, even if I'm just sitting on my spin bike. But as soon as you need to hold anything in your hand, whether that be a TRX or dumbbells or anything like that, it's awkwardly bulky and I find it scratches so easy. Like Aura will even say, don't wear this during weight training. And that's pretty much the majority of the exercise training I do. So it kind of makes it um, not as useful so to speak. But other things that Aura does is it will send you a text alarm if you haven't moved enough in the last hour. And these are all settings, of course, that you can turn on or off. It gives you an activity or calorie goal to work towards every day based on your readiness score, which is actually kind of interesting. So if you have a really good sleep and your HRV is good, it'll dictate an activity score that it thinks that you should be able to achieve that day based on how well you slept, right? So if you wake up and it's, if I had a really good sleep and my HRV is good, it might tell me, oh, you have an active calorie burn goal today of 400 calories. That means it wants me to burn 400 calories today moving around, which I think is great. The only thing I don't love about that is that um, okay, so if I wake up really well rested on a day like today, but I have three client calls and I want to record two podcasts, I'm just going to be sitting more than normal and I won't hit my activity goal just because of the nature of my day. So I mean, yes, I could make changes to improve on that, but it docks me points in my readiness score and my activity score when I don't meet their goal. The the difference between that with Fitbit is it just sets this is your goal for the week, whereas Aura does it day to day. And if you don't hit it on the day, they dock your points. But if I'm just if it's a busy day and I don't have a workout scheduled that day, it does affect it, which I mean, I don't necessarily love. I kind of like the week approach, meaning, yes, I would love to work out when I have the most energy, but I'm a mom of two. I'm running a business. I've got a lot of stuff to do. I can't just drop my schedule and schedule a workout in because Aura says that that's my best day to work out based on my energy, right? Like that would be ideal if I was maybe single and no kids, but that's just not the case, right? Um, so other things that the Aura Ring does is it provides the activity score, like I said, but that takes into account daily physical activity goals, how often you're training, how long you're giving yourself recovery time. It shows you if you're giving yourself enough recovery time between workouts, and it gauges that a lot with sleep and resting heart rate. Really cool. Um, the other problem that, it, one other problem that I have with Aura Ring when it comes to workouts in general is you have to manually add your workouts within the Aura app on the day that you do them. So let's say you do it, a Pilates class, you have to actually manually add a Pilates workout in. And if you forget, which I'm going to tell happens to me all of the time, if I forget to add it in after the workout, you can't go back and add a workout in for the previous day. You've just lost it and your score is affected and you have to, it's just, I don't like when my scores are affected by things that I could have controlled. There should just be an option for you to add a workout into the previous day, right? Um, and workout heart rates are, I guess on this, they're coming in, they're now a thing where you can read your heart rate on this. Um, but in general, I don't really love it for activity tracking. I don't um, take it too seriously. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of my thoughts on the Aura Ring. As far as Fitbit, Fitbit is, I mean, it's made as an activity and exercise tracker, so it's going to take this award, no problem. It tracks your workouts automatically and manually. Um, I sometimes turn off the auto-tracking workouts because it thinks whenever I fold laundry that I am swimming, which I find funny. It, whenever I'm pushing the stroller, it thinks I'm biking, like if you think about your hand position, right? Um, so it can be a little too sensitive, I find, with the auto-tracking, but you can turn that off, which is not a problem. Um, manually tracking your workouts is a lot easier. You can add in workouts on previous days. I quite like that. It shows calories burned throughout the workout with a graph. 
which is, I mean, if you want to look at that, it's kind of useful. It shows workout uh, things that impacted your workout, like how many steps you took during your workout, how many calories burned, how many minutes you were active. It shows your heart rates and the zones that you reached. It tracks hourly activities. Uh, the other thing that I like with Fitbit is it sends a notification via the watch if you haven't taken at least 250 steps within the hour. And it vibrates, which I love because I don't want to be looking at my phone and that's how Aura notifies you is via the phone. But I have my phone away from me a lot of the time. So having the um, Fitbit available to buzz is great. And you can set how many hours a day you want it to prompt you to move. Um, really handy. It shows, um, Fitbit also shows your daily active minutes and your active calorie burn, which is great. Now Fitbit has added this new kind of feature called zone minutes and you can set your goal. I think it comes with a default of 150 and it wants you to spend 150 minutes per week in one of the heart rate zones, um, whether it be, I mean, it's basically determined by what percent of your maximum heart rate you're working towards. And it can be everything, honestly, for me, as soon as I start passing 110, 112 beats per minute, it starts counting those minutes. So I can get that going for a walk. I can get that doing some vigorous long. It does like to count it when I shower. I guess it's from all the hair scrubbing. Um, but the Fitbit zone minutes are, are, I guess, a new introduction. I think they could do a better job being a little clearer on why or how to use it. But that is as far as Fitbit. The other thing that I want to point out is that they both measure calories very drastically, which is interesting. So for example, if I go for a 20-minute walk, um, Aura will say I burned 40 calories, let's for example, and Fitbit will say 80. So I don't know which one is overestimating and which one is underestimating. Like, I don't know which one is wrong, basically. So whichever one is, just stick with one and don't compare them because I don't find it very useful. So in this category, like I said, there is a clear winner. Fitbit was designed as an activity tracker. Aura was designed as like a recovery tracker. So actually that is how I use them. I use Aura to track my body's stress and recovery, and I use Fitbit for more of monitoring what's going on with my sleep and my exercise. So like I said, I pair them together, although they both have all the functions. I would definitely say in this category, Fitbit by far takes the cake on this one. So our fifth category up that we're evaluating is cycle tracking. So we're talking about your menstrual cycle here. Now, this is something that has only been added to Aura in 2022. So keep this in mind that I was pregnant for the first half of 2022. And this last half here, I have had a baby and my cycle has not returned yet. So I am going on a lot of feedback from clients with both of these devices and also just poking around in the app. I haven't actually been able to use it for myself yet. So keep that in mind. Um, as far as Aura, they do have period prediction. Um, it is on both iOS and Android now, which is kind of cool because for the first long amount of time, it was iOS only, but you can see um, when you're ovulating, when your period might be coming, which is kind of handy to have. Um, it uses your sleeping body temperature to actually um, take a guess at where you are in your cycle. And if you haven't heard my story on this, I actually found out that I was pregnant through my aura ring because your body temperature rises and falls at certain points during the month. And normally what will happen is you will get a decrease in body temperature during the first 14 days of the month, if day one is the start of your period, and you will get an increase during the last phase all the way that'll drop back down to baseline at your period. Now, it was kind of interesting because I was watching my temperature after ovulation and it was going up and it was going up and it wasn't going back down and I was like, I'm pregnant. And I knew with about three, within about three days of conception that I was actually pregnant and I didn't get a positive on a pregnancy test for about two weeks after that, which was kind of cool. And I was like, I definitely know I'm pregnant. Aura is telling me I can tell my body temperature. So that was kind of a really cool experience in general. But 
One of the things that I didn't like, however, was there was no option to indicate pregnancy on Aura Ring. And so pregnancy, it affects everything from your sleep to your HRV, to your stress scores, to your ability to be active. And so the only option was really to like put rest mode on, but then you don't get some of your stats when you tell it you want to be on rest mode. So I just kept having to take the hits and all the red bars and the flashing things saying you're not recovering. So it wasn't really that useful during pregnancy unfortunately, right? Um, so that was as far as Aura. Um, like I said, it looks like those are just the basic features on there. One of the cool things is Aura has actually recently partnered with the app um, called Natural Cycles, which uses basal body temperature. That's your temperature first thing in the morning in order to predict where you are in fertility. It's part of like the fertility awareness method. So if at all you are curious about options that are outside of birth control, using Natural Cycles, the app, is a great way to help you naturally navigate where you are in your cycle without having to use synthetic hormone. And it is 100% something I will be trying when my cycle comes back, whenever it comes back, now that I am in my postpartum um, phase right now. So when it comes to Fitbit though, you are able to do the same kind of like period prediction um, and it gives you your idea for where you're ovulating and where your period should be. And uh, Fitbit does allow you to enter that and track your period length and flow level and log a bunch of extra details. I don't know what you would use that for unless there was a specific reason. Um, but it also lets you, like I said, estimate your fertility window. Um, it tracks your cycle trends and stats and stuff like that. But again, on the Fitbit, there is also no option to indicate pregnancy. So my Fitbit is still saying to me every day, your period should start in three days. And I'm like, sure, it's been saying that for over a year now, but whatever. Um, so like I said, when it comes to tracking cycle, I'm gonna give Aura Ring the win on this one, and here is why. Um, a lot of the cycle tracking technology is going to be based in Aura on your body's temperature, and also it gets better over time at predicting when your period is, right? And temperature, I believe, in my personal opinion, that the ring is going to be doing a much better job at temperature prediction than a device on your wrist would be. I mean, think about how much thinner the skin is on the back of your finger, if that's where Aura is picking up your temperature, than on your wrist, right? And if I'm using it for any type of reproductive um, uh, protection or anything like that. I want it to be as accurate as possible. This is not to say that the wrist temperatures aren't accurate, but I trust me personally, the finger one a lot better. And I believe that, um, Fitbit's tracking is literally just based on uh, an estimation of how many days are in the average cycle. That's when it tells you your period is on Fitbit, as opposed to Aura does take some of the other factors into account, um, like your temperature. So I'm going to pronounce Aura the winner in the category of cycle tracking. And the very last category that we're going to talk about is I'll call it miscellaneous. So these are all the odds and ends and things I thought you should know before you make your choice between Aura Ring and Fitbit. Now, Here's where we like to start with the price. So at time of recording, the Aura Ring is 299 US dollars, but they now come with a mandatory $5.99, $5.99 per month subscription fee. Now, when I originally got my ring, there was no subscription fee. So I have been grandfathered over and I do not pay one because I have had a ring for so long, but they then all of a sudden graduated to, okay, you get six months free subscription and then you get to pay the subscription. But just recently they almost axed the subscription um, discount altogether. So if you buy a ring now, you're pretty much paying $5.99 right off the bat. And they straight up say on their website that the subscription is the product, not the ring. So if you buy a ring, there is literally zero useful data without the subscription. So what this means is after you spend your 300 US dollars on a ring, expect to be paying $6 US per month as long as you want a ring that is more than a decoration on your finger. I did not like this at all for the price of a ring. Like, keep in mind, I'm in Canada. That's like a $450 ring that is absolutely useless without a $10 a month Canadian subscription attached to that. 
Um, I really didn't like this model change that they made. I don't personally know if I would continue paying for Aura anymore if I had to pay the subscription fee. I think I would have probably opted out a long time ago. Um, which is unfortunate. And that's another reason I moved away with it with clients is like, I don't want to saddle my clients with a subscription fee for the rest of their life in order to keep up with these healthy habits. Like I want them to be able to use and read the data as long as they want and as long as they need, not just while they're in coaching with me. Right. And I don't, I want to make it as um, accessible as possible. Right. So that is one big beef that I have with Aura. Um, Another thing that is not useful at all is if you go to export their data, so you want to do some like third-party analyzation or like what I do with my clients, it exports their data in seconds, which is weird. So like if it's, if you're looking at like how many hours did I sleep last night, it'll tell you in seconds, which is not very useful and we can't really wrap our brain around it. And so you have to do a bunch of like calculations on it. It's just not useful at all, right? So they don't make it easy to export or actually use the data. Um, one kind of neat thing, I guess, is it comes with a library of meditations and articles on sleep sounds and stuff like that. If you're into that stuff, um, it gives you very detailed graphs on the dashboard dashtop. So you can log into what's called cloud.orring.com and see all of your graphs all laid out quite nicely. And you can like say, okay, show me what my deep sleep looks like on the times, the days that and cross-reference it with, say, bedtime, for example. So you can do a lot of cross-graphs like that, which is super neat. Um, the other thing I love about Aura Ring is it can be put on airplane mode. So there's not, you Fitbit, you can't do this. You cannot put it on airplane mode. But it is nice to be able to have the option. I'm a big fan of turning off all Wi-Fi and Bluetooth while we sleep at night. So this is an option that I absolutely love. Um, as far as in the Aura category, again, the big, big thumbs down on this is their very poor customer service. So... I, when my ring, my original generation two ring actually overheated on the battery charger, um, but I didn't know it. And when I took it off to put it back on, it burnt my finger really badly. And I had giant blisters on my finger and it took me three months to get a hold of them. And I'm not talking about get the ring replaced because once I got a hold of them, it took a week to get the ring warranty replaced, but they wouldn't answer my emails for three months. And often I've had this experience on another occasion as well. And if you want to get a hold of them or, you know, cash in on your warranty or ask about an extra charge or anything like that, like you basically have to take it to their social media and get angry on a post for them to even follow up, which I is beyond frustrating, in my opinion, based on the fact that you're paying so much for a ring and a monthly subscription and you can't even get an email back. So if you are worried about the ring or you want customer service, Aura might be something you want to steer away from. Um, another thing with Aura, it offers much better charts and trends and performance and stuff like that. And I feel like it definitely wins over Fitbit when it comes to like being able to have visual data in graphs and stuff like that. Um, but the battery life is something that we definitely need to discuss. So when you first get an Aura Ring, I find that the battery can go anywhere from four to seven days when it's new. But within about six months, I can get about two to three days out of the old one, my old ring. This new ring that I currently have, it lasts about four days now. So the battery life definitely does deplete. And I've actually had to turn off some of the features so that the battery dies even less quickly. So the remember how I told you with the Aura Ring, you're able to get um, oxygen data and uh, have breathing regularity and everything like that, well, it kills your battery life. So I turned that off because it dropped my battery life so much. So those, um, oh, the other thing I guess about that I find is really neat is Aura just recently started giving you quarterly, monthly, and weekly reviews of your data. So they do all the comparing for you and tell you how you're doing and if you're on track. So it kind of makes all of the data analysis a lot easier. So that's as far as Aura. When we get over to the miscellaneous in the Fitbit category price-wise, so the Fitbit uh, Lux does usually sit, oh, it honestly just depends on the day, around $130 US. However, it is always on sale for some weird reason. I've seen it as low as 77 US dollars. So it's definitely a lot cheaper of an option, which is great. Um, they have an optional subscription fee, which they call premium. They do give you six months free when you sign up. It basically just gives you a bit more breakdowns on your scores and tells you what factored into your sleep score and what factored into your readiness scores. And they give you access to like some extra workouts and stuff. To be quite honest, this, Fee is $12.99 a month. 
Um, I'm not sure whether that's U.S. or Canadian. I think it's Let's, let's hope that it's Canadian um, because I've also seen it as much as $19.99 and I think that that is the Canadian price. I might be wrong on that. Don't quote me. But it is completely optional, meaning the watch still functions without the subscription fee and it is still useful without the subscription fee, which is great. I love that. I don't think you should have to be able to pay to use, uh, pay to use your device, right? Um, one thing about Fitbit is you can export all the data as well, but it exports in minutes, which is actually reasonable, readable. So if you want to know how many minutes you were awake last night or minutes you were in deep sleep, you can get that as opposed to Aura that did it in seconds. It does have a desktop dashboard as well if you want to log in online instead of look at an app on your phone, but it has generally limited extra features. Um, it does track your body weight and body fat percentage if that's something that's interesting to you and it graphs it. And I did that through both pregnancies and I thought it was kind of neat to see everything go up and down and up and down. Um, but it has a tracker like that. You can also, I think you can track food and you can track water and you can track, um, I think glucose levels, I believe on the Fitbit app. Like they are definitely adding some new stuff in, which is cool. Uh, Fitbit battery life. It lasts up to five or six days. And I had mine for three years, my last one, and the battery was still holding it four days on my old Fitbit uh, Inspire heart rate. So my Lux that I have just upgraded to recently is coming along. Uh, the battery is still holding very strong. So I've got no complaints about the Fitbit battery so far. So Anything else I want to add? Oh yeah, Fitbit has an alarm clock built into it, which I think is really cool. It's called a haptic alarm, which means it wakes you up via vibration. Really good, especially for people who are light sleepers, but you can also do something on it called a sleep stage alarm. So you can set it to actually wake you up in your lightest stage of sleep in a given time window. So you set it for a 30 minute window around your wake up time, and it'll determine based on your movement and your heart rate when you are in the lightest stages of sleep, and it'll wake you up then so you don't feel that groggy feeling when you wake up first thing in the morning. So when it comes to the miscellaneous category, since Aura has implemented the subscription fee and requires the users to pay forever to use a ring and access data from their very expensive ring, I was not really impressed with that. In addition to the battery life and customer service, I give Fitbit the win in this category. So we've reached the end of our face-to-face face-off, so to speak, between Aura Ring and Fitbit. So let's just do a quick review. For sleep data, the award goes to Fitbit. They win, Fitbit wins in that round. For stress and body stress and recovery, Aura takes that hands down. As a step counter, Fitbit wins. As an activity exercise tracker, Fitbit wins. For cycle tracking and menstruation, Aura wins. And for miscellaneous, I gave it to Fitbit. So the most important thing is when you're looking at this, in general, Fitbit does come out ahead, in my opinion, even though Aura has so much more information. Now, here's the deal. The average person that's looking to get one of these devices will never care about the data the, to the level that I do. This is my obsession. This is my passion, right? I chart it. I graph it. I export it. I use it all. So for me or someone that is very into biohacking and knowing absolutely everything from how many times they breathe during the night to what their heart rate graph looks like in the morning and how it affects recovery. Like if that is not your jam, the Fitbit Lux will give you everything you need to do a great job at optimizing your health. So for the average person looking to better their health and get into the optimization game, I would honestly just go with the Fitbit Lux. And like I said, it's gonna depend on what you want it for. Now, I do get questions about other things, like what about the Whoopster app? What about the Apple Watches? Um, in general, Apple Watches do a terrible job at monitoring sleep. I'm very sorry to all of the Apple users out there. I get that all the time. And I I do find in general that their data misses a lot of stuff. It really overestimates REM. It overestimates deep. It very uh, drastically underestimates time awake every night in my personal experience. And I've compared these devices and I've compared the data, right? And it's just like how I was able to say, oh, Aura really overestimates deep sleep. I've seen it. 
Apple and Apple watches, they really miss out on time awake. So it doesn't really give you much of a good idea. And on top of that, you can't really export the data or do anything with it. You need to get a third party app to interpret a lot of it properly. Just not a fan. Um, I don't have any experience with the Whoop band, so I couldn't say more or less. I've had people that absolutely love it. Again, it's another one of those that is linked to a subscription service, however. But if you really are like, okay, now I've, I've heard about these devices. I know which one is right for me. I'm going to make a decision on this then you might want to check out episode 32 I actually did on this podcast. It's called The Quantified Self. And the whole episode is about how you can use your own data to evaluate your results and strategically decide how to be time efficient with your biohacks, right? Like you, how can I look at this data and determine this was good for me. I'm seeing increases in my sleep. I'm, you know, moving more during the day. Like if you want to know the variables, like what they all mean and how I track them personally, then definitely go listen to episode 32. It's called the quantified self. And if in general, you love this idea of tracking and you're just like, I just don't have the bandwidth to do all of this, then I would love you to reach out to me on Instagram, DM me at Tanessa Shears, or just head to tanessashears.com slash call. And I I want you to jump on a consultation call with me because this is the work I do with my clients. Like the point of being able to have this data is to be able to use that to close the feedback loop. So for example, oh, look at this. My REM sleep has really taken a hit. What's going on? then I can look at the data and be like, oh, well, here are the main three reasons that REM sleep usually decreases. Are you having alcohol during the night? Is there any light creeping in your room? Um, are you running warm at night? Like I'm able to directly look at that and we input a change to test for the next week and we come back and we're like, oh my gosh, look, you're getting more REM sleep. That must have been the solution. And the reason that that is so important is because if you just go on the internet and you're just like applying blanket, applying all of the health hacks you learn. I mean, that could be a lot of work and, and managing and like which ones are working and which ones are not. You're busy. You don't have time to do 500 different health habits in hopes that they all kind of make you feel better. So by using wearable tech in the form of honestly, either an aura ring or a Fitbit, I am able to zero in and be like, okay, we made this change for you. Like we lowered your bedroom temperature last week. Look at the quality of your sleep. It's increased. Great. That works. We'll keep it. And if we don't see the change, then we eliminate it and put a new health habit in. So I use Google Sheets, I export all of this data and I optimize how we can see it. So it's really easy to see when you hit your dream sleep, when you hit your deep sleep, did we get long enough sleep? You know, how is your body recovering after your workouts? Are you eating the right foods? Is it affecting your body's stress score, right? Because when we eat a lot of junk food, our body experiences out of stress, right? So my job is basically you outsource your health data analyzation for me and I come in as a consultant and say, here's what I see. Here are the habits I think you should change first because they will have the biggest result on your energy, on your clarity of thinking, on your performance, right? Because you want to be showing up consistently and clear at your desk so that you can be in high performance, so that you can grow your business faster, so that you can be highly productive. You can get your stuff done, wrap up at the end of the day, turn your brain off and go enjoy time with your family or your kids. Take your dog for a walk, do some hobbies, right? Like not feel like you're tied to your business and anxiety and stress and rush and overwhelm and to-dos all the time, right? It's about living a holistic, well-rounded lifestyle where your health is as important as your business and it is not something that takes time from your business, but something that supports your business, right? That is the work that I do as a health consultant with my clients. If you want to be one of my clients, I would love to meet you. Let's have a consultation, no strings attached. Let's just talk. Let's just see what you wanna work on. Is that something I can help you with? And we can make a decision to go from there. So to do that, jump into my DMs on Instagram at Tanessa Shears and just let me know what you're up to or you can click the link in the description of this episode. It's at tanessashears.com slash call. Book in a free consultation call and let's talk about working together and helping you become limitless. I hope you have an absolutely fantastic week and I hope this has put your decision Fitbit or Aura to rest so that you can start becoming limitless. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Learn something new in this episode or feel inspired to take action? I'd love for you to share it with a friend and leave a review. Your review will help one more entrepreneur feel healthier, more energized, and focused. If you feel good about helping a friend or a fellow business owner you've never even met, you are my kind of people. I'm excited to help you become limitless in the coming episodes.